Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Off. I'm Holden Kushner. Got Ryan Spader, the Ace of Spader, with me. He's at the Ace of Spader on Twitter. I'm at Holden Radio on Twitter. And you better give us five stars on Apple Podcasts because that'll make your life and all your dreams come true. So here we go, Spader. We're going to talk about the Cardinals now having to shut down. Derek Jeter's explanation for why the Marlins were a disaster. Aaron Judge is on fire. You want to suspect us? Say bye bye. And then we got live betting to talk about too. But where do you want to start? There's so <laughs> we can leave with Judge, we can leave with Cespedes, the Marlins, the Cardinals. Any of these are the top story in baseball right now. Well, let me go with um, a little combo because I got insider information, as they say, on both the Marlins and the Cardinals. And uh, I've heard this from a couple different people. So the Marlins, all their players who tested positive were asymptomatic the entire time, which is good news, of course. I mean, Obviously, they can still transmit the virus, which is not a good thing. But it's good that the guys um, who contracted it weren't uh, really impacted. Um, it's terrible the way that they did so because we heard about them you know, going out to the clubs and everything. But on the Cardinals front, I heard that, um, and I know you know I butcher names every single time, their manager, Schilt, Schlitt, I don't even know how to say it. Schilt, name. yes. Um, so that I heard Mike? that he good old Mike. <laughs> yeah, I heard that he was among the um, ones to decide to go to the casino, and I also heard that he uh, told his players that you guys had nothing to worry about, that the virus is a hoax, and all that stuff. So that's come not, on, are you that's kidding not, me? No, that's not very good. So um, if that comes out, you know, from a source other than me, you know, like a passing or something, that's going to be a disaster for them. Whether you know, at the end of the day, I, I agree that um, the players, they're not going to, for the most part, most players going to be completely fine. We saw it with the Marlins, entirely asymptomatic. But um, the fact of the matter is this is a highly um, transmissible, is that a word, uh, virus. And um, uh, he kind of set his guys up for failure. And okay. that's what this, we're seeing right now. This is huge news, okay? And I hope that this comes, everything comes out in the end. But you're telling me the manager of the Cardinals, Mike Schilt, said, hey, we've been locked up here for a couple of days. Let's go to the casino in the middle of a pandemic because I he's, was a, told he's a dipshit that, that legit believes that conspiracy theory. I was told that he was among them to go oh to the God. casino. Well, uh, and I'm saying like this, I heard this from a couple different people. And um, 
as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's just a rumor right now mm-hmm. uh, because you would think something like that would surface. But um, just based on what I was told, he was among those to say, all right, let's go to the casino. Right. If he did that, he's done. Like he should be suspended without pay for the rest of the year too. You can't, you can't do that, especially as the manager. Like it's one thing for players to be stupid. There's a lot of players that are stupid. I get it. But you're the manager. You're supposed to set an example. If that's true, then he, he's done. Like, well, I mean, what? we talked Cardinal about, should fire his ass, to be honest we, with you. We, we talked about it before that, um, you know, we, I think we kind of stood on opposite sides of the fence. I, I don't think you can suspend without pay for an entire season Marlins players who were stupid because, you know, they don't realize the repercussions of their actions. But when you're talking about a manager, if he did do this, which, you know, I heard from a couple different people, so I have a decent amount of confidence that he did. But if he did do this, he set his team up for failure, and I would be inclined to throw the book at him. Well, and he's not a player, so he doesn't have the same rights. You know, there's not a manager's union. They're employed by the team. So the Cardinals can do whatever they want to him. But yeah. seriously, if you cost your – first of all, if you put your player's health in danger, you can believe it or not – Still, there are certain people that can get really sick from this. Second of all, you're the manager. You're supposed to (laughs) set the example. If indeed he really was spreading a conspiracy theory and brought his guys out to the casino, to me, there's no reason for him to be in baseball anymore. That is the most... And if, if the Florida Marlins players thing was true or not, this would be the most unacceptable thing. And then how about Mosellock too? The general manager of the Cardinals. I don't know why anybody's looking into this. What do you mean? That that whole organization has just handled this poorly. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I hope what I heard is not true. And it's just hearsay, you know, a bunch of guys, one guy got a story and, you know, whispered down the lane type of thing. And it's it's not the case because um, I, I, I agree with you. When you're a manager of a team, you've got to set the example. You've got to have the highest of integrity. And um, this, uh, if this were true, that, uh, would not be of high integrity at all. That would be awful. Uh, the second thing was Jeter. Derek Jeter actually came out and talked about what was going on with the Marlins. Mm-hmm. So he said, our guys were not running all around team after our game in Atlanta, whatever that means from Bill Shaken. Um, some of our traveling party had a false sense of security, not wearing masks, not social distancing. There's no way to identify how this got into our clubhouse. That's what Major League Baseball said. That's pretty interesting that he said that. If we are to take him at his word, then you know maybe they should have followed protocol a little bit more, but there was nothing egregious going out of your way to do it. Then again, the other side of the coin, they've been at the, there's reports that they're at the hotel bar, that they went out and a couple of the guys partied. A couple of guys have been named to have done it. You buying what Jeter's selling? I don't know. I think probably the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But I firmly believe, and I tweeted it the other day, that um, if this season shuts down or goes to shit, Manfred and Major League Baseball will sco- scapegoat the players, just like they scapegoated the Astros, just like they scapegoated Rawlings on the um, juice ball, just like they scapegoated Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa, and you know all the other guys. They always skirt responsibility, and they want nothing to do with being responsible for any of this. And um, in, in this particular case seems like the easy thing to do just say hey all right it was the marlins fault it was the player's fault well maybe maybe you guys didn't you know make it clear to these guys how important this was and i keep going back to 
you're dealing with 20, 21, 22 year olds. When I was that age, the shit that I was doing that I thought I was invincible and I could get away with. I mean, I, I remember one time, I, I think I was 21, 22 years old. Um, it was like three in the morning and I was out camping and I uh, decided to cross the Susquehanna River at 3 a.m. in the freezing cold. And uh, that seemed like a good idea to me as a apparent grown adult. And uh, it was a terrible idea. I'm lucky I didn't die. That actually reminds me of like my one one hour trek on the shores of Lake Michigan in the middle of January after a Bears playoff game. That was nuts. Thank God some of the, thank God the ice had formed quite a few yards out or we would have gone swimming that night. But yeah. That was so. Why did you do that? You just got how? Hold on. Did you walk or swim? How'd you pass the Susquehanna? How high is this thing? So what happened was uh, I was with a buddy of mine and we were walking. Um, we went to like the one local bar that they had, and uh, we got absolutely blitzkrieged, like just annihilated, drunk. Nobody should ever drink that much. And um, we had been out fishing all day, and we were drinking on the boat too. And uh, we were standing on the other side of the river and um i saw our campfire and my friend was like all right well we got to walk all the way around and i was like well shortest distance between two points is a straight line i'm going right across and he's like no dude what are you insane and i was like yeah and i went across and um i'm thinking like you know all right i'll, I'll be fine it's waist high and um i wasn't fine i ended up being pushed by the uh the I guess rapids right mm-hmm. all the way almost all the way down the river and when I finally I thank God I survived it <laughs> I came out the other side I ended up being pushed like 150 yards downstream so I didn't even end up where I was aiming for uh, to begin with and then I, I I come out and I'm freezing cold and everything and I oh God what just what what a terrible terrible choice to make and um, I recall waking up the next morning and my buddies are all like right why why are you naked dude and i was like i was in the river <laughs> and nobody believed me until my one buddy was like yeah dumbass decided to cross the river <laughs> yeah that's not that smart that's not a smart move on your part uh anyways just wrapping this up here i'm not buying what jeter's saying but i'll also say this let's just let's just take the take Jeter's word on this and assume that what you have heard, let's just say it's wrong. Then, then we're in real trouble because that means that this is just getting in there, you know, accidentally, or it's always going to be accidental, but it's, it's just getting in there somehow, some way, like a guy touched something and you got it and it spreads like wildfire. You know, um, have you seen the NL East? Did you see what Comca put out there this this morning? He retweeted somebody. And if you don't know Christopher Comca, he's a friend of the program. He's absolutely brilliant, and we love him here. But did you look at the NL East standings yet? I mean, this is amazing. The Braves are seven and three. The Marlins are in second place at two and one. The Nationals are three and four. The Phillies are one and two, and the Mets are three and seven. So <laughs> we got two teams that have played ten games. The Nats have played seven, and the Marlins and the Phillies have each played three. <laughs> I don't know how you do this. Maybe you back up the postseason one week so you could just play double headers all week long. Well, no, no, no. The, you didn't see what. Um, Please uh, tell me they're not what, doing five inning triple headers. Todd Zalecki? 
We did what? Phillies are playing fifty-seven games in fifty-six days. Okay. Good luck with that because of course we're gonna have weather, right? Yeah. And so, we'll probably have another team get it. <laughs> so hold on. But my biggest takeaway from all of this is who would have thought that through all of this, Philadelphia, my city, mind you, would be the one team to have their shit together. <laughs> like all the shit talking people do, and Philly was the only team that test after test after test didn't come up with a single positive test um, after the Marlins catastrophe. Well, I mean, if I was COVID-19, I wouldn't want to go to Philly either, man. Some tough people there. I'm not messing with you guys. COVID doesn't want to mess with the Phillies, dude. I wouldn't. So your Holden's official take is that Bryce Harper's immune to COVID-19. Probably, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jorge Alfaro, not immune. Paul Goldschmidt, not immune. Any member of the Phillies, immune. Wait, did Goldschmidt test positive? I don't know. He's on the Cardinals, though, so I'll just throw him in the mix. I don't give a damn. Um, Here's another interesting one. What's up with Yoenis Cespedes? This is just an odd dude, okay? So he he decides to report. He's happy. He's feeling good. I was a little disappointed that he didn't get to hit late in one game. Um, and he, was, uh, he wasn't he was running down the first base as much, I think, at 80% max because he wasn't feeling 100% yet. But he decides not to show up to the Mets game on Sunday. A um, couple reports out there. The Mets were notified during the game. Other reports, the team was notified before the game. Of course, this is just a bunch of New York media you know, stirring up the pot on Cespedes, and I don't blame him. It's great, and people buy into the, into that garbage. But this is just bizarre that a guy would show up and bolt after a couple of weeks. I mean, was I, he just to he be couldn't, honest? He couldn't get locked up for for a couple. He just couldn't stay quarantined. What's up? I, I I just don't think I don't think it has anything to do with the the virus. And if it does, he just didn't want to play by the rules. I don't. Um, uh, I'd be more inclined to think. It has to do with the fact that, you know, he struck out 15 times in 34 plate appearances and, you know, he was struggling along and he's being held to these standards that he doesn't want to be held to. Um, It's just, again, this is just opinion. I don't know anything about Cespedes, but I I just, I really don't think it has anything to do with him thinking that he's in danger. I'm with you. I'm inclined to believe that 100%, whether he can't handle the quarantine or he was struggling or... You know, maybe he just wanted to show up so he could make sure he could get his full paycheck. I don't know how that works. Or if he just wanted to get – he just doesn't like baseball anymore. I mean, that's possible, too. He hasn't really played much the last two and a half years. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the guy's made $143 million, $144 million during the course of his career. And um, uh, I know, like, he occasionally – will I, I don't know where he's living right now but i know he's from cuba and i know he still goes back to cuba does he but that that is a, a significant amount of uh money in cuba <laughs> well if he goes back to cuba though he must have to pay some heavy taxes i don't know where he lives either i mean maybe he lives in new york during the season and goes back there that'd be fascinating if he went back to cuba right because i would think they'd make him pay a shit ton of money I don't know how it works, man. They're I, bastards. I just, I just I just heard that Cespedes goes back to Cuba on occasion. <laughs> All right. And he likes, I didn't even know that you could do that, that, to be ranch? honest. 
I didn't even know that you could Where do that. He... What? I, I thought like once you're like you can't. I thought you couldn't go to Cuba once you're a U.S. citizen. Well, I must pay him off. I mean, seriously, if he goes back there, just pays him off. I'm yeah, not I aware. I wouldn't do it personally, but uh, hey, there you go. So where is Cespedes? Because he has that that cow farm. That's how he hurt himself a couple of times too. They I have gave no him. Idea. I mean, no was it, is it Vero Beach? Is that it? There's no way. There's no way he's in Vero Beach, but that's where the headline of this story was. Vero Man. Beach. So he's in California, huh? Here now, now I have to look this up because I'm looking at what? his numbers. Mm-hmm. He's got a 5.39 career slugging percentage with he's, he's the Mets. Great hitter. He's a great hitter. I need to know where he ranks all time. So uh, well, good. We'll do Spader stats in a minute. It, well. <laughs> We're going to need some filler here while I try to figure this. That's fine. I got, a, I got the whole backstory to Cespedes now. This blows my mind. I didn't realize he was that, um, he was that successful with the Mets. Uh, so let, he's let's a great, do. Let's just real quick and going back to his contract, the Mets had to bring him back. He was so productive for them. Was it the run in 15? He was so productive for them and then leading up to – where the contract was going to get extended before he got hurt and all this disaster happened. He was worth it at the time. And the guy is a premier slugger, Spader. Spader, stat, stat, stat. What do you got? I mean, I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, But here we go. All right, any Mets? We're going to go Mets only. Okay. Slugging percentage with at least 1,000 plate appearances as a member of the Mets. Hey, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start than wagering on our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, props, and bet on all available things 24-7. With a return to sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory, and see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Hey, have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction. But every item starts at $0, and it goes up one cent every time you bid. Kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer, or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy right now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of the other discounts. Go to DealDash.com, use the offer code BLUEWIRE. That's DealDash.fm backslash BLUEWIRE. So he was the all-time leader before this season happened, and he's since dipped below um, Mike Piazza. Piazza is at 542, all-time leader. Now Cespedes at 539. I'll tell you what, I'll give you, uh, there's four other Mets who have a slugging percentage of 500 or better. Uh, let me see how many of Five them you can land. Five Mets. Four have... other Mets. You got Piazza and Cespedes right. at 542 and 539. There's four more who are 500 or better. 
with the Ooh, Nets? This is a hell of a question here. Okay, 500 or better for their career? Just with the Mets. Just with the Mets. Uh, like, let me just throw David Wright out there. Was he there? Nope. Beltron. 491 for Wright. You, you got Beltron, 500. Carlos Beltron is there. Um, gosh, did Schroeder do I, it? I think if you really think about it, you'd probably get three out of four. Right, I don't think you would get Did Strawberry do it? Yeah, 520. Strawberry did it. Okay. Did, uh, gosh, did, I'm just trying to think of another hitter here. If it was Strawberry. Gosh, Edgardo Alfonso? I don't know. No, geez. All right, do you want the other two? I'm missing two of them. That's it. Can you give yeah. me an era on one of them? Jeff Kent? Uh, one of them, no. The Mets. Uh, one of them was um, from 2006 to 2009. Uh, it was Beltron, and then uh, what's his name? Who was the uh, Vaughn? Mo Vaughn? Mm-mm. Who was it? Delgado. Delgado. That's who I meant. Because Delgado was there. Those six. Okay. Who was the other one? Uh, yeah, this is the one I don't think you would ever get. John Olrud. Five oh one. I almost said Olerud instead of uh, Delgado for the last one. So Olerud did it. Doesn't surprise me. He was such a great hitter. He was so good. And yeah. he only got four Hall of Fame votes. It makes me sick. So hold on a second. Though That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. The fact that Strawberry did it too back when he was playing from the early to, to late 80s in that era to have an over People 500. People forget how good he was, man. All of them. Him and Eric Davis. Like those two, they were buddies from LA and they were the two most athletic dudes in baseball. And one was injuries, and for Strawberry, it was drugs and alcohol. It sucks. They were both, they were, Eric Davis was probably more exciting player, and Strawberry was just had the most beautiful swing in the game. Here, well, since we're talking stats, did I ever tell you my favorite Eric Davis stat? Probably have, because I love him too, and I'm sure you have, but tell me again, because I love him. So, uh, from. June 18th, 1986 to July 10th, 1987, Davis played 162 games, during which he had 49 home runs and 93 stolen bases. (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible. My God. Here, I I got one one more for you. Uh, Barry Bonds and Eric Davis each both had exactly 142 home runs and 212 stolen bases through their first six seasons. Davis played 230 fewer games than Bonds did. He was amazing. And he was he was on that 1990 team that won the World Series too. Um, him and Chris Sabo. You know, I think Sabo might have even been the rookie of the year. Barry Larkin. Yeah, Sabo. Paul O'Neill. The Dude, yeah. they had a really good offense. Ken Griffey was on. The old Ken Griffey was still on that team. So that was a good go. team they had, man. It's a good team. Uh oh, but we just a heads up. We might um, we might cut cut out here. I'm getting a storm. In Virginia, it's always like <laughs> yep. that. Northern Virginia. Yeah. You know what? You know what storms mean, though. Uh, that your internet goes out. No, that I'm teleworking tomorrow, which means. Yeah, Risky. <laughs> I can't make a good. Uh, Sound for what I'm doing. Anyways, we got yeah, that. Yeah, he did so, win the Rookie of the Year. Shit, man. Who? And, uh, Sabo. He, yeah, he, he was did. awesome. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wanted his rookie card. He wore those stupid goggles, too. Guy was amazing. Uh, Love Chris f- Sabo. He, wow, he had a really good um, first four years or so. Yep. Hey, what's going on with Aaron Judge right now? 
as we sit here taping this on Monday, he's homered in five straight games. He's coming off a game where he had two in a row. Like, well, is he um, the best player? Can he be as good as Mike Trout? Is there I any way? No, absolutely no, not. No. Okay. Second best player in the league. Can he be the second best player in the league? I think uh, it's it's difficult to say because he just swings and misses so much, but he's so freaking strong. Um, his strike zone is obviously huge, but um, I I would say that I am probably uh, one of Aaron Judge's biggest fans right now because he made me like 150 bucks last night. So. Oh, you did good. I love what the, the judge is doing right now. So this is the first time I've had a chance to do live betting um, in Colorado. It's really easy to bet. They make it so easy now. They love taking your money. Uh, I like taking their money. But so DFS was a way for me to get daily fantasy sports was a way for me to really get into every single baseball game so I could stay locked in on all the games. And that was, I was playing NFL forever, but when I got that job at TuneIn, when you and I kind of met virtually, um, I, I was watching every single game, talking about every game, so I'd just have action there. Now I can do that in-game. It's just splendid. I'll just wait for a really good team to fall down behind a really bad team, get plus money on that team, and all you got to do is win, what, maybe two out of six bets if they're long shots, and you're making money. In-game, live betting in baseball, amazing. Yeah, uh... So I actually took the Yankees last night, or I guess whenever the hell people are listening to this. I took the Yankees when they were trailing the Red Sox two to nothing, and then I took them again when they were down five to three. And Aaron Judge brought it home with a uh, three-run home run. Now the funny thing is, my um, my little brother, because I'm in Virginia and I can't place bets, so I call my little brother to uh, put it in for me. <laughs> and my little brother is always asking me beforehand. You know, he's he doesn't make much money so he's betting 10 bucks a game or whatever and he's like uh who do you who do you like tonight and i said i i'll take the yankees to beat the red sox nine to two and he goes um all right sweet took the yankees minus one and a half the kid wanted to kill me up until judge hit that home run because he's like i'm losing my ten dollar bet (laughs) of course i mean listen most of the people that bet do five and ten dollar bets Oh, That's I, a lot I, of money. I'm I mean, all in. I'm all in. Of course you I, are. But we're different. We've been, people are just now starting to learn. Okay. And that's what, the, you know, I had a really funny one too. Um, God, I had this amazing, I'm trying to think of the bet that I had and I ended up winning. But instead of putting like um, $21 and like 90 cents last night, it, I put like $2 and 90 cents. And this thing hit, yeah, this hit thing hit on like, I got to go find the bet. It was like 10 to one. I'm like, fuck yeah, baby. I just won hundreds of dollars. And I put the decimal point in the wrong spot. I was so pissed off. It was just horrible. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull up. (laughs) It's so brutal. Yeah, that's just, that is just the worst. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to pull up. Um, we, when we were, uh, the best baseball podcast, mm-hmm. we did a little bit with, um, bad beats. This is, this is a good bad beat though. Or no, a bad, I, good beat. well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, but we, we did a, um, we did that, you know, the bad beat, mm-hmm. uh, bit and I'm trying to pull up. I had this one game where I took the under and lost when it went into extra innings and I'm trying to find it. Oh, it's driving me nuts. Hold on. All right. Extra innings, Tigers versus Mariners. Hold on. You want to hear mine? What mine yeah, was? Here. Well, go while for I try it. To you find go for it. Okay. Here was mine last night. It was actually, I bet, um, 
Oh, so I was going to bet $18.10. I bet $1.81 to win $7.02. So it wouldn't have been hundreds of dollars, but it was a parlay plus 288. So I at least would have gotten, you know, if I put $18 on a parlay, at least I would have gotten 70 something dollars and I ended up getting seven dollars. Fuck my life. I was so pissed. I, I didn't even know it the whole game until it settled. And then I just. <laughs> God. Oh, God, I got to find this game. It's going to drive me nuts. So this I was, I, you know, I've been trying to find the game that I told you about that night. I still can't find it. I, just the other day, like I didn't bet on baseball for like 10 years. Because I had a, a game where the Yankees had to score 10 runs was the team total, and they ended up scoring nine that day, and they scored nine very early in the game. It, devastating. Absolutely devastating that was. Because I'm partying. I'm like, eh, it was probably a $100 bet. Yeah. Um, but still, I'm like, this is awesome. And I said, you know what, fuck this. I've been, on a, on, I've been getting my ass kicked. This is just a, the worst beat. I'm done. So I can't, I can't find the freaking game, but I, I can recall from memory as – most people are able to do when they have a uh, awful beats is <laughs> yes. um, I believe it was the Mariners versus the Tigers and um, the game I took the under on it went into extra innings zero to zero and in it was like the 14th or the 15th inning both teams scored five fucking runs <laughs> Jeez, and the final score was like six to five. I did get lucky yesterday, though. That's I think you can get an edge there. It's a very slight edge, though, Spader. But um, I covered, I think the total was ten and a half, and the Angels and the Astros went to extra innings, and they started going 1-1. One, one. Just the run started adding there. Yeah. And if you think it's going to be a tight game, it's tough to predict extra innings. But if you're in-game betting and it's a little bit late, and maybe the over-under is two and a half. Well, if you get one team to score in the top of the inning, one to score in the bottom, well, you hit it because next inning somebody's doing that run. So that might be a little edge somewhere. Probably very little. Very I actually little. Saw, I, I saw a tweet from um, Jeremy Frank, MLB Random Stats on Twitter, and uh, he actually broke it down. He said, we are very early into the season, but the 11 extra inning games we've had this year have lasted – an average of 10.54 innings. Last year, the extra inning uh, average was 11.30 innings. So uh, you're, it doesn't really I don't understand like why home teams aren't bunning. I, I don't get it. Well, especially after, you know, you shut the team down. That's what I'm saying. Home teams... Play for one run, right? One run. Nobody is doing it. Nobody. I don't get it. I just... I, maybe nobody has end? anybody that can bunt. Can't you just throw a batter up there anyway? Just bunt. What you think about? Um, uh, damn it! What the hell was his name? Um, Edwin Rios hit the first uh, leadoff multi home, uh, multi run homer in baseball history. Mm. Dude cool. hit a two run home run as the first batter of the inning. That's <laughs> stupid. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Anything else you want to get to before we get out of here, buddy? Joe Adele's getting called up. You're a prospects guy. We've never really talked prospects much. Uh, you know, so I, I just don't put much stock into prospects ever because I've just seen, as a Phillies fan, you know, I've seen so many just fail mm -hmm. and flounder. And I always think back to that um, when the Phillies traded, they signed Roy Holiday and then they traded Cliff Lee for, like, Philippe Omont and 
God, oh, I can't remember what the rest. Yes. It just is such a terrible deal and completely derailed everything. And I'm so mad, even to this day, at Ruben Amaro Jr. for doing that. I, I think it was him. I don't know. Maybe it was Gillick. Regardless, no, Gillick would just, not make a trade like that. Totally, it's was just such a horrible, bad, bad deal. Gillick is in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Joe Gillick's one of the greatest general managers ever. Yeah, Pat Gillick was Pat Gillick, too. I should say. Sorry, Pat Gillick. <laughs> Blue Jays, I'm doing Joe Adele here. Blue Jays, Phillies, went to the Mariners. I th- he went to Mariners, didn't he? Ran it there. I mean, he's just... So, so the Phillies on December 16th, 2009, traded uh, Cliff Lee to the Mariners for Tyson Gillies, mm-hmm. Philippe Almont, and J.C. Ramirez. Um, Philippe Almont <laughs> was supposed to be the greatest Canadian pitcher in the history of the world. He was, uh, he's Quebecer. He sucked. He was, he was not good. He had a career 6.8 ERA. Yeah, he never, he never really paid off there, did he? About a strikeout per, per inning, though. You know, for what it's worth. Oh, Gillick <laughs> was with the Orioles, I forgot. And the Mariners. There you go. God, no, he his, was a great general oh, manager. His whip was 1.992. Pat Gillick's? No. I know. <laughs> I'm still looking at this asshole. He was so bad. Well, here, I'm excited about Joe Adele, though, dude. I'm, I'm a, I really am excited about Joe Adele. Young kid, 21 years old. They're going to bring him up. I don't know when Trout is back. Maybe he's coming up because of Trout. But now you got a superstar in waiting. If you, everything works out within two years, you got a superstar here. you got Trout. You still don't have any pitching. You know, Rendo, that that lineup is awesome. I don't know what's going on with Otani son, though, man. His first two outings are just, he's gotten trashed. He didn't even get an out in the first one. I don't, and then I, got I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to pitch again this season. You think he's done just because of the injury? You think he's done just because he stinks? I just right don't, now? I don't think he's going to pitch again this season. That's, I just don't think he was ready. It, it uh, is did you a see weird the way year. his velocity fell off yesterday? Mm-hmm. He went from like 98 to 89 in an inning. Hmm. Not good, man. Not good. <laughs> then maybe we don't see him pitch. He's going to want to, and it is. he's coming off the Tommy John, and he's coming off a weird offseason. So he'll pitch again, but you think he's done for the year. That's interesting. He can absolutely rake, though. I loved seeing him hit that. He golfed that one ball. Yep. Just no business hitting this ball out and just absolutely golfed it. I know. I want to see Otani-san do both, but. I don't know if we're going to be able to see him do that. It's just... You know, the Angels actually have uh, two um, player-pitcher guys. Who's the other one? I, I'm forgetting... Uh, God, I'm forgetting his name. Um, but they had a... Uh, hold on. It's going to drive me nuts. Is it... No, I can't, I can't remember. Now I made an ass out of myself. But they definitely have two, uh, two um, guys who they... Like on the roster right to... now? Yeah. Hold on. Really? You give me a Ryan Buckter probably. Buckter is it Buckter? No, that's who I was thinking. I don't think so. Okay. I don't know who it is then. Yeah, I, I, I have no. That's idea. really interesting that they had two of them. I'd never heard that. And then the um, the Rays have what? What is the uh, kid's name that the Rays have? Who was a two way guy? Vendetti. All the way through. Pat Vendetti. No, 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 no. The Vendetti's. The dude who throws with both arms. The Rays have a like a top prospect who is um, both a pitcher and a first baseman. Cool. They're gonna let him do both. Uh, they have been throughout the minors. Good. I want to see more of that. I just think it's so much fun. 
yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It really is. All right, buddy. I think we got it. We did it. We covered everything we needed to cover. That was fun, as it always is. Um, you stay safe. Is everything all right? By the way, Cespedes lives in Vero Beach, where the Dodgers used to have their spring training. He has a farm out, a ranch out in Vero Beach, Florida. And he's, I don't, it doesn't say he goes back to Cuba. I can it's never just, go to just Cuba. Just what I heard. Which sucks. Uh, you want to go to Cuba? I would love to. Their beaches are supposed to be amazing there. I know you're a big fan of the uh, I hate commies. Commies. No. Hate commies, love beaches. <laughs> if, if you ask me to choose commies or beaches, I'm going beaches every time. Beaches, rock, paper, scissors, commies, vacations, hamburgers. Boom, every time. Cheeseburger. I love a good cheeseburger. I only have like five a year, though. Oh man, I love cheeseburgers too. I do well, how, too. How, did, how do we? This is how does well, this it's the end of the show. So obviously we're getting everything else out that we need to. We're both, you know, at least you see other people. I, I talked to a, um, a waitress this morning. Um, I was hitting on her, and she said, "I said I'll give you a fifty percent tip if you guess how old I am." And she told me thirty-one. You're a liar. No, I was like, "You're an wow. idiot," and probably being nice because I probably look more like thirty-five, but. Um, I should have picked her up. But now girls that are 23 are half my age, buddy. That's, um... It's not creepy for me. It's creepy for them. That's rough, dude. But if they're able to take it, I don't care. So follow Spader on Twitter, at the Ace of Spader. Follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio. And we'll catch you later in the week. 